I'm Heather Roberts here with Albany State Representative Shelley Bosshart Davis. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, happy to be here. We are just about one week into really the legislative session in earnest, as I like to say. I know you've been back in Salem for a couple of weeks, but we're really starting to see kind of how the bills are are going to get through committee, which issues are, are truly going to make it up for discussion this session. And I'm hoping you can give us some insight on what rural Oregonians specifically should be watching for over the next couple of months. What are the big issues? Yeah, I think that overall, I think that um, people across Oregon, all corners of the state, they're really looking at the cost of living, the cost of uh, cost of running a business, cost of running a farm. We see those costs steadily going up. And what is the legislature going to do um, to either make that better or worse for farm families around the state? And so that's just kind of an over encompassing. Just the cost of uh, doing business in the state is relatively high compared to um, other states in the nation. And we hear that quite often from um, both uh, from, from people uh, around the state, especially in rural areas. So uh, along with that, as we're as we're looking to see what's headed our way, I think a couple things stand out to me. One is the overall cost of business regulation, and that's something that people should be paying attention to. What does that look like? Um, and then also the cost of energy. As we talk about um, in the energy and climate committees as they're moving forward, um, are they going to look to prohibit efficient fuels? Um, what are they going to do about natural gas and propane? Um, what is is that cost of energy going to look like here in Oregon? I think we're all recognizing that that cost of energy, whether it's in our own personal households or um, as we use on the farm or in businesses, that cost is steadily rising. Is that going to be a concern moving forward? And I think that it that's something to be uh, watchful for. Um, in our CAFO organizations, that we're going to see legislators trying to regulate the size of CAFOs and put regulations on those based on the size of them. I know that's something that's coming down the pipeline Line. And something that I'm specifically working on is hoping to be able to fix the agricultural overtime that we passed in the last short session and um, hopefully being able to try to fix some of the problems that we see arise um, before they actually hurt both farm workers and small family farms. That ag overtime legislation is something that I know a, a lot of farming families are watching carefully. What are the key takeaways that you see from the, the previous changes to those rules and, and what could be coming down the pike in, in this session? Well, I think one of the things as we're moving forward that we're seeing a, a small opening in the possibility of legislators this session being able to say we might be able to fix this before it actually um, gives us harm. Uh, because we're seeing it happen actually in California. And there's been multiple articles that have come out uh, from California and Oregon is starting to report on, and they're actually quoting farm workers and saying, we're bringing home less take home pay. And we're, this is actually harming us. And I actually pulled up some of my previous floor sessions and uh, or uh, floor speeches and some of the paperwork and some of the reports that we had generated when we were trying to fight this in the short session last year. And that's exactly what we said, right? We said um, employers will attempt to reduce hours qualifying for overtime pay to the extent that we can. The employers will try to hire additional laborers to reduce that overtime pay that we might have to that we might have to pay. Um, you might see farms starting to share employees um, so that employees, if they want to work 50 or 60 or 70 hours a week, 
week during harvest that they can do that among two different farms. Um, so, but we're seeing that happening in California. And so we have a small window to be able to fix it before it actually harms people here in the state. Overtime is such a touchy subject because obviously we have rules because some employers do take advantage of workers. I mean, there's a reason those rules are in place. But then you see that other side of it of when you start kind of trying to manage that, these outcomes that you're seeing, how can we find that happy medium? How are we going to figure out how to protect farm workers who I think a lot of people agree could be at risk of exploitation, uh, but then still protect the farmers? So for me, it goes back to personal choice, to choices that we have. And, And I like to point to um, the retail or say coffee shops, and they also have overtime laws, right? So if you worked at Dutch Bros, or if you worked at Starbucks or Walmart, um, at 40 hours, you also would by law have to have overtime. I don't know anybody who works in the retail restaurant, coffee shop industries that actually get overtime. And that's not because it's not late or it's, it's unlawful. It's because they aren't able to work the extra hours. And so especially during harvest, people choose, and and I say this from my own personal experience, I've been working in the field since I was 12 years old. My three daughters have been working in the field since they are teenagers and currently do. So I, I know this from personal experience, you put a lot of hours in during peak times, during harvest times, um, because that's when the harvest, that's when the harvest is, right? It goes back to the making hay while the sun shines. And a lot of people don't understand that. So if they're not getting the hours that they want and the farm is putting in a 40-hour max, they're going to most likely get another job. That's what a lot of people that we see, they might work, pick up some hours cleaning houses on the weekends, they'll work at Dutch Bros, they'll they'll pick up the hours to make up the income that they want to bring home. So I still think, and as we're seeing in California, as the farm workers are reporting there, they want the additional hours, but because we as farmers are price takers, we are not price makers, we don't have the luxury of just being able to increase those wages if we can't sell the product for what we need to. So I think that there's a lot in that, and I think that you're totally right. Um, But I do think that if we're looking at just a peak time period, or uh, we've heard it called a harvest worker allowance, or a a harvest week, or a peak week of what um, this bill that I would like to do sets where the the threshold for the um, overtime would be a higher only during certain weeks of the year. Let's back up a little bit. You talked about uh, trying to address that high cost of of living in rural Oregon, essentially, Mm -hmm. whether you're a small business owner or trying to run a a family farm. There's only so much the legislature can control with those costs, though. I mean, the cost of equipment and maintenance, you can't you can't stop those prices from going up and we're seeing prices rise everywhere. So can you talk a little bit more about what the legislature can do to try and help control those costs? Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I would say and that I I hear a lot of um, my Republican colleagues say or people in rural Oregon is not so much what the legislature can do for me, but what the legislature, I don't want them to do for me. And that's the overall of, If you can just get out of the way a little bit and let us do our jobs and let us produce food and let us transport it to the grocery store and let us do these things, um, I don't see a lot of people asking for things. I see a lot of people asking for them to not do things. And so that's that goes back to the overall cost of regulation or taxation or just the unknowing of what the next legislative session is going to hold, that certainty. Um, When we talk to people, those 
three, four things are always going to be top of mind. Regulation, taxation, uncertainty of what we can do next. Like you talked about, it's very expensive to buy equipment and it's very risky to buy equipment not knowing what the legislative sessions in the next two, three, four years um, are going to do or not do. So I would say it's an overall uncertainty that really makes it hard for farms and ranches to invest in moving forward here in Oregon. And we're almost out of time, but I, the, the really big question is, what are the odds that any of these changes that you're proposing or that you'd like to see happen will actually get through? Well, there's, there's a few really um, positive ways of looking at it that perhaps may have not been um, uh, in our favor in the last session. One is um, Representative Salinas is now Congresswoman Salinas, and she's not here in the legislature any, anymore, which is, is positive because she kind of was that force here in the building. Um, she's no longer here. We now have new leadership in both um, the Senate and the House. And so we have Speaker of the House, uh, Dan Rayfield, who is new to the job, as is President uh, uh, of the Senate, Wagner, who's also new. So we have new leadership. We have new people in here. And we're also seeing that it is harming farm workers in California. And so putting that all together, we have a chance to say we can fix this before it harms us here in Oregon. I'm hearing that optimism from, from others in your chamber as well. So I guess it'll remain to be seen. But uh, Representative Shelley Bosshart Davis of Albany, I really appreciate you spending some time. We are out of time, and, and I apologize. We will have to check in with you again as we get through the session. That sounds great. Thank appreciate you so it. Much.